Welcome to another episode of Rough Talk VR, a weekly podcast with in-depth game reviews, exclusive developer interviews, and the latest Oculus Quest news. We join our hosts, D Scruffles and Stratus2k1 today as they spend another episode breaking down and discussing the Oculus Quest virtual reality world. All right. So, hey, guys, welcome to another episode of Rough Talk VR. We got a, a real special one here. We're joined by a, an artist who's a little ahead of the curve here, transitioning to, to virtual reality a bit. We got a, a gentleman named Philip Noid. So do you mind telling us a little bit about him, about yourself? Well, hello, everyone. Thank you for having me on your podcast. I'm really excited to be here. Um, I'm a lifetime artist. I, I started um, with ceramics. I went into filmmaking and photography and then um, moved into doing light art. Uh, in, in fact, right now, uh, there's a TV show with Demi Lovato that has one of my uh, art pieces, A Rainbow Pyramid, uh, that is uh, being broadcast uh, by NBC. And then I was always very interested in different ways of doing uh, interactive art. And so I started creating uh, paintings that were 3D. You'd actually put on chroma depth glasses that would allow you to see the colors in different planes. Um, and then somebody told me about VR and it's like, well, I want somebody to go into my painting. And so I, I uh, made my first painting that uh, allowed people to go inside of it in a VR experience. And, and with the, uh, the, the, the quest, uh, without a wire, people could actually crawl around on their knees. I actually had a politician on his knees uh, for the first time in my life uh, enjoying my art. Uh, so. Uh, anyway, I moved beyond uh, just doing a small uh, art installation to doing uh, giant uh, uh, tilt brush paintings uh, that uh, are, are now in the Steam store. So real quick, because I mean, you're you're like probably the legitest artist I've ever talked to in person. <laughs> How is the transition going from the, the work that you've spent your whole life doing? to now saying, okay, I'm going to take this into a, a, you know, like living 3d environment. Yeah. So, cause anybody who can see the video will see your, you got a beautiful studio there. You have all of these, these beautiful 2d paintings. You got some 3d sculptures as well. Uh, but yeah, what's the difference between that and yeah, designing I'm, the virtual world? So th this is an installation I'm showing on the screen of um, a mobile that actually is a light box that becomes a mobile in the Minneapolis-St. Paul airport. Uh, the biggest difference is that uh, when you have to make things in reality, there's structural engineering and there's costs and there's a big team that needs to install it. Uh, and so uh, when I'm creating things in VR, I'm able to you know, kind of scale the world up or down from the size of a squirrel to the size of a dinosaur. And I can create a whole uh, galaxies of art that uh, I don't have to like get a cost estimate about creating a planet that would be, you know, like 40 feet wide by 40 feet wide. I can just make it. Um, and it's uh, alive with light and color. So as an artist, my imagination is the only thing that holds me back from making whatever I want to make. And that's really liberating. So for you, yeah, for you, there wasn't, there wasn't a curve at all. Then it was just the ability to just unlock the mind even more. Yep. Not have cost be a barrier or anything like that. That's, that's amazing. And, uh, yes. we, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. You can keep going. 
Yes, you know, like I studied uh, Impressionism, and so, you know, like with Impressionist paintings, you're essentially dabbing colors onto a, a, a canvas, and it's static, you know, all those, even Van Gogh is like static. But, you know, what I've done is with my neo art space that I just created, it has 40 million triangles, which are voxels, they're XYZ axis. And so if you think about like an, a, an impressionist painting might have just, you know, a thousand dabs of color, like I've made something that has 40 million. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's really quite phenomenal to see just what you can do uh, uh, using impressionist techniques within VR. Uh, so, yeah, you kind of referenced that you have a, a new VR project dropping now, the, the Neo Art Space. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about uh, we what did, that we is? Did yeah, get we to, we, we did get to sample We that. checked it out ourselves, but let our, let our, visual, our, our uh, listeners and our watchers know. Yes, Neo Art Space is essentially a, a light art experience that is in the middle of a galaxy that I created. So you go through different light experiences, all are distinct. Um, then you go through a black hole and then you enter into a, basically a galaxy where you can walk through planets and you can go through a uh, different radiant forest. And it's uh, just a, a giant art experience. Uh, basically what I really wanted to do is like, there's a lot of people doing small art pieces uh, in VR. Uh, and museums are out there and they're creating like m museums where they're putting art on the wall or sculptures within a museum experience. And I wanted to rethink just how art could be presented as an entire entertainment experience. Uh, so new art space is essentially that. Yeah, and it's it's quite the visual experience. I was going to say visualism. Visual might be an understatement. Yeah, it's very psychedelic. When I walked in, that was kind of my my first impression. I was like, "Holy moly!" Uh, just walking <laughs> around, you 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 travel through it, like you said. There's there's these different rooms, and uh, I was I was checking out a demo version, so there were parts that were kind of like gated off, and you could kind of see in the the distance, but you know you could see that there's more more there to come. Holy moly! Is it just quite the the visual walkthrough? to do so what's the full plan with this in terms of um systems it's going to be available for is it you know just going to be pc vr is it going to going to be something we'll see on the quest uh you know what's the what's the full plans with with neo art space because it was quite the <laughs> the demo was quite the experience to walk around and i was like holy moly this is uh this is pretty trippy well i started with a vision and then I created this entire uh, galaxy of art. And uh, there are 30 different experiences. Uh, if it were real, it would be like 100,000 square feet horizontal and 10 stories high. So um, my, my first goal is you know, to get it fully developed with music and with interaction and I'll release it in early 2022. I'll have an art show in New York City in February, and I want to be able to show it at that point. Um, one of the things that I have encountered is that it is a very, very large uh, file, and and I'm not kind of scrimping on uh, anything visually or sonically. So there will be different sonic uh, elements per experience. So I have a quest 
that is plugged into a PC with a wire. And so that allows me to use my quest to see it. Uh, and uh, my, my first goal is just to get it uh, on complete, completed and on the Steam store. Uh, and then after that, think about ways that I could make it smaller at some point so that it could be viewed just on a quest without having the, the wire. But the first step is just to get it completed as like the full uh, experience with sound and color and, and uh, interaction. And it's kind of an aggressive uh, timeline, but uh, yeah, hoping to have it ready by February. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, no, that is pretty aggressive. And it's uh for for such a big project. I wasn't expecting any interaction or anything like that based off of uh the demo. Just the visuals alone was was quite something. So some added audio sensations and some some physical interaction is is going to you know, going to going to expand that even more. That's going to be heighten, quite something. Heighten might be the the word to use. Yeah, heighten the experience. That's going to be quite something. I'm uh, Well, I'm I want people to be able to touch a, like an ember and have a butterfly appear or, you know, have a UFO appear that they can touch. Um, and there are interactive uh, artworks as well, uh, like where you can use your controllers to move pixels around. Uh, and you can also go in there with friends. And so like essentially uh, the three of us could all be in there walking around and talking and, and, and playing with the art experience together. Yeah, that was actually one of the first things I had I had said to to Stratus over here. I was like, "Oh man, I I I would love to do something social in here, yeah, like some sort it, of experience." I, we had we had pondered whether visitors would be allowed to come in groups and that such. So that's actually kind of some good news. Yeah, oh, I mean, all this is pretty new to me. Uh, I mean, it's kind of uh, amazing that. Uh, a program can allow like a group of the three of us to go in versus a group of 20 people and, and how that is all um, masterminded. I, I'll have to figure that out. I mean, like I, I went into, I think it was rec room and like my <laughs> avatar, I had to, I, I ended up wearing like women's clothes. And, and then I was like, well, I'm going to change my own clothes. And then all of a sudden I was like in men's clothes but then I had to pay for it. I'm like, I don't want to do my debit card right now. And so then I went to like a Frisbee place and I was like dressed as a woman. And I met this little kid voice who had like a beard and was running around, you know, wanting to play Frisbee with me. And it was just very weird. So, I mean, I think that one of the things that I'm trying to figure out is just, you know, how do you manage people and allow people to have their own social space? But one of my, my favorite uh, uh, VR experiences is the Museum of Other Realities. And they do have conferences and they talk about spatial sound or they had the people who created Tilt Brush come and do a conference. And I, I think that there's a lot to allowing people to come and be able to participate in social activities. And, and that's one of the wonderful things about VR is that you, you can come together in a virtual space and uh, have a good time. Yeah, I think we could do a, a podcast entirely on everybody's, room. everybody's bad first and rec room experiences. Oh. <laughs> I, I, I made it the first time we ever loaded in. I made it 30 seconds in the rec room. I heard what sounded like literally a schoolyard of children screaming and yelling. And I'm like, I'm out. I'm out. I'll come back at late night when I don't, these kids are in bed. I don't want to play any game that will get me on a list for playing it. You know? No. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, no, but, I, you know, it's got a cult following and everything. It's something like the official... Well, it's because it's a crossover right. multi-platform. And it's free. It's free. It's free on the Oculus Quest and other platforms, yeah. too. So it's like... Let's stick to art. 
Yeah. I think that so like something like art versus something like Rec Room with these very cartoony avatars and just like childish marketing appeal. Yeah. I don't think that something like, you know, an art space project would even attract a little kid to go into it. I mean, but I if they I, did, they would nope out of it maybe in about 30 seconds. But at the same time, being a kid when I was little and I had some free time and my parents would say, you know, is there anywhere you want to go or whatever? We lived in Connecticut. So I would go to the, um, the Wadsworth art museum and check out the art pieces. So, I mean, I was a little kid who had an appreciation for art and loved museums. Well, exactly that. The, the kids that, but I, go I wasn't it. allowed to act a fool in a museum or an art gallery. <laughs> yeah. You know, I had to respect the, the rules of the museum and the art gallery. And, you know, if it wasn't a children's museum, then you knew it wasn't going to be hands-on interaction. It was more visual. and Art was never meant to be touched unless it was an interactive art piece. Which this will be, though. So that'll be interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, well, I'm torn well, on the one of, my things, but... one of my inspirations is Disney World and, you know, Tomorrowland. And, you know, Walt Disney really focused on family entertainment uh, where people could be inside the experience. And, and you know, while uh, my, my, I, I want anybody uh, who appreciates art to be able to enjoy this, but I also think that like a family, like, like when you were in Connecticut, you know, like a, a, a dad and a kid can go in there and they can like experiment together and, and uh, be in a safe zone. I think that that would be wonderful. Yeah, I, I love the the concept of um, VR museums and and VR art because you know let's be honest, not everyone's ever going to get to see these these pieces, but the VR platform allows you a much more immersed experience. To at least if you're looking at like the Mona Lisa, you probably see it better in VR than you <laughs> ever would in person, for how close they'll let you actually get. But so I'm I'm just I've been blown away with this, and I never thought of like the art aspect until we started. With with brushwork, with brush. brushwork, and then I was like, "Oh my god!" I had no idea that I enjoyed dabbing paint onto a canvas. So I'm, I'm a hack, okay? I don't profess to be any. I mean, I'm still making my own art, but it's like nothing I would I would ever claim to be art. But it it gave me this like I'm like, wow! I had no idea that it was this much fun. No, oh, yeah, we've definitely been on a little bit of a VR art kick. Yeah, hundred percent. I can't avoid it. So it's like to see like real. Because that was one of the things when we even talked to um, developers before, and not all these developers are actual like professionally artists. trained, and yeah, they've they've spoken and and you know relied on real artists to give their input, but they're not the art was never their bread and butter. So to see real artists now going, okay, this platform, this we can do something with this, and then people are going to start seeing things that they never, your brain can't imagine what 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 this guy's coming up with. I certainly couldn't. I mean, I time and place in my life, I might've seen some of those effects, but <laughs> I definitely, you know, to like, to have the vision to see that in one's head and be able to create it in real time. And I just, so, I mean, kudos to you for, for being a, a genuine artist coming to the the platform. Yeah. Like I said, staying ahead of the curve, you know, I think that this is going to be yeah. the future. It, no cost restriction besides the cost of the the hardware. I think that's the biggest thing. When we were reviewing brushwork, we were like, something that I think stops a lot of people from even dabbling into art is like the, the expense, the expense, the cost of materials and everything like that. So to completely restrict that, or like not restrict that, take that away is, uh, it's it's amazing. Or even like the the cost for for what's being worked on now, 
that's going to be released in February. It's like, what would the actual cost per dollar be to put on such a production? Be millions. You're in the, the, the tens of millions of dollars for the, the absolute scale. And the scale could be endless, right? I mean, you can, it's your universe. So it's your, it's your creation. I'm just, I'm just amazed. I'm blowing smoke because I'm, I've been excited about the whole art thing now for a while. So. Well, one of the things about, you know, art is that when we're kids, we're all, you know, artists and in part because like creation is play. And I, I like syncing up the idea between play and creation. Um, but kind of as we get older in school, um, we start trying to be perfectionists and doing photorealism. And, and then it, like people get very judgy about whether they're good or bad. Um, and then one of the things about doing art in VR or on the computer is that you have the undo. You can just like you make something you don't like, you just hit undo and then you keep going forward. So you, you have a, a, a like a, an ability to, to keep the play and the fun. And, and that I think is like something that like I enjoy doing. Like not, not every stroke I do when I'm doing VR or painting is right. But I just like to play, <laughs> so uh, and and that allows me to like be creative uh, and and kind of uh, find a sense of joy. Um, and also one of the things I think that we like I heard on one of your other podcasts is that, or uh, on a podcast recently, is that we can get into a flow state where we're creating things and feeling like really concentrated. And so I can go into VR into my tilt brush program. And I can be there for like three hours and it seems like it's about five minutes. And so uh, that's, uh, you know, flow states are, are really quite powerful. You know, like comedians can get into a run or like a runner can get into the runner's high. As a painter in VR, I can go for hours and and then I come out and it's like, you know, I, 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 I tell Rachel, hey, I, I made an eclipse tonight, you know, so it's like, uh, you know, like when you're making an eclipse, you have to like spend the time to do it. And all of a sudden you have a, a beautiful eclipse. And so, uh, but it takes time. Yeah. I love the fact that like designing art in VR, you, you do it in VR itself too. It's not like something you're doing behind the computer, right? You're, you're designing the art with no, the headset on. Brush, so, I mean, that's, that's in. That's well, in. That's, that's actually, uh, I had wanted to make Neo art space as an actual, terra firma experience. And so I, I built out my vision using a PowerPoint with like lots of images. And then with COVID, I thought, why would I be, you know, why would I try to get the millions raised to do a, a, a real place when I could just do it in VR? And so, you know, and that then I focused on, on how do I make it uh, and, and make it a compelling experience. And then how do I actually, you know, bring it to people around the world? Um, and, you know, it turns out that VR is actually a very effective way to bring art to life. And uh, again, without the cost and, uh, and without the limitations of uh, structural engineers and everything. So um, I, I don't think that what I've created could ever be made in real life as uh, amazing as it is because the lights lights are pulsing and and like the technology of like LED lights and so on is still evolving it's not quite as amazing as what you can do in VR yet no and there was some 
you know, walking around in there, there was some some emotion inducing parts where not anxiety, but it was like, oh man, this stuff is intense. You know, it was a. Uh, I, I I imagine that would be very hard to pull off, not in virtual reality with the full immersion. So I agree on that hundred percent. And something I love that you said earlier too is like the the no judgment thing. Like that, yeah, that's that was that was true. Yeah, like that's something that we we were big on about about you know doing stuff in VR, you know, artistically, it's like you, you do stuff in front of people and you always have that, you know, that shame, or- that input, even if nothing's being said, you're going to create it in your own head. Cause that's how humans are to be able to do that with, you know, something that only you can see in the moment that you're designing it. There's no way that anybody can have any opinion on it until you're ready for somebody to have an opinion on it is, uh, that's amazing. It, it's so unrestrictive. It's, I, 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 I really think that's, Sorry, I was just going to say, I really think VR art is going to be, you know, that's the future right there. Well, I think that with fitness, too, like if you go to a fitness class and you have body challenges that you're looking at everybody else's body. And if you're doing supernatural or like a a different beat saber, you're just your spirit. You're not your, you know, like you don't have to like be focused on your body image. Um, And I think that you know, for training, like you, you, you can be completely immersed in an experience that um, allows you to be focused in a way that if you, you know, were doing training in, in reality, you might be looking at your phone, you might be doing other things. So I, there's many different ways that VR, you know, across all industries are, are is very powerful. Another one that I'm really particularly fond of is the uh, way that People in healthcare, uh, like say somebody's getting chemo, they could put on a, a VR headset and not be in the kind of uh, electronic beeping, uh, you know, intercom space of the hospital, but they could be like a neo art space where they're like just in this delightful state. Um, and it's been proven to reduce anxiety and reduce the need for painkillers. And so I, I, I just find like, just this endless canvas of amazing things that VR can do across many different industries. Yeah, it really is. I, I totally agree. It's like an untouched, untouched gold mine of, of potential. Are you a big fan of doing VR fitness yourself? Or do you do like a lot um, of the supernatural and stuff? Or I, I like researching about, uh, you know, different ways that, uh, that VR can be applied. Um, what what I like to do, especially during this pandemic where I couldn't travel, is like do Google Earth. And I, I used to live in Japan, so I go to Mount Fuji and I fly around, and then I go to Kyoto, and uh, and so that's kind of my 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 jam is like traveling via VR. Um, but I haven't done a lot of fitness. I have to be honest. That's all right. I- you get enough exercise doing your pieces. Yeah. And it's, it's funny <laughs> when we first came across you, you know, we, we were searching you up a little bit. We're like, Oh my God, check out this artist. Great. video uh, Working in VR. And we came across a, an interview where they were kind of like highlighting you a bit and you were swinging yeah. in your studio on a swing. And I was like, Oh man, we got to interview this guy. This is a no brainer. <laughs> I was like, this guy's a, a cool guy. Yeah, you know, that, that swing was fantastic. It's great to be able to be free of gravity. And if you ever have a, a block, you can just like hop on the swing and all of a sudden you're like skateboarding in space. And and then I have my 3D painting so I, I can put on my 3D glasses 
And then the colors are floating around with you. So it's completely a, a liberated experience of, of art and kinetic motion. Yeah, what I, I read about a lot of your pieces, and the one thing that sucks is we can't appreciate them on this end because you actually have to be there and put the glasses on to get the the full benefit of the 3D art of it. But the pieces look great. I did also see the one that's in the airport. That looked really nice. And so how long will it be before people are now commissioning for VR art pieces <laughs> for their, their establishments? Or, and I can see it coming because, I mean, I can't do... I can have things in my head, but I can't apply them to the art world where other people can, they have those visions. They have that ability to, to see the picture in their head and, and instantly be able to perform. I can't do that. It's been my, you know, even the, the brush painting is just, I mean, it's just colors. I'm just dabbing colors. It's not like a vision I saw or if any vision mm -hmm. I did see, it becomes blended in and then it's gone. So I'm, I'm just, how's them? the art community as as a group i mean i know you guys talk and all that are, you're seeing are you seeing more people who are now paying interest to this because you're getting involved in it and and taking some steps well i i've been fortunate that there's a vr arcade uh that's close to us and they've been really good at facilitating all those or early adopters and artists and technologists and so you know, we've had meetups there. Um, they also provided the means to, you know, let me start dabbling in VR. Uh, and uh, I, I think that there's a, a small but growing community. Uh, I, I think that, you know, one of the things I keep hearing about is that, you know, the, the, the content isn't there yet. And one of the things that when I've looked at content, there's a lot of first-person shooters and there's a lot of, um, uh, you know, kind of strategy games and so on. Um, but, you know, what I'm hoping is that by providing art and really beautiful music, that that provides an entree for people to have an experience that isn't the typical, you know, game. It's really fascinating for me uh, just as a artist to be on a game platform <laughs> because it's like, is it a game? It's an experience, you know? No, it's and, an experience. Uh, I, and, and then... You, like I try my heart out to, to make it a, to be a unique experience, but then like I've been learning about algorithms and you have to be like something else. And I'm like, wait, I'm not like anything else. <laughs> and so uh, that's been kind of a fascinating uh, uh, way to uh, think about it. And so I think that, you know, I, I know I'm kind of taking this on a different riff, but you know, when I'm trying to get this out into the public, there's like the art connoisseurs and the families uh, who like to go to entertainment experience and then there's gamers, but the gamers are like the ones who are really, you know, you know, in depth and, and already there. And they're uh, just, you know, an amazing block of people. And I'm, I'm learning about that as a whole new learning experience for me. <laughs> so yeah, one of my favorite things to ask uh, in these interviews is like, what was your first experience in VR? Like who, how, how did somebody convince you to put this to, on? Yeah. Well, that, that arcade uh, asked me to come to be an artist in residence. And so I went there and I just put on tilt brush and sold. Right. And, <laughs> and, and then I'm like, Oh my God, I've been trying, I've been doing 3d paintings, but now I can make a painting that people can go into. Uh, and 
And then, you know, I, I tried to, uh, I, you know, I, I had done like the, the Google, you know, cardboard a long time ago. Um, and, you know, it was really just fascinating, you know, like to be at the top of a skyscraper in New York City and Google uh, cardboard and, you know, your palms would be sweaty and you'd be like, because <laughs> I, I'd have vertigo and it's like, and I felt it. So it was really interesting to, you know, understand this contrast between being, you know, on terra firma land and, and then in your mind, you're someplace else. And that's as real or even more real. But oh, yeah, it, it, I, I, I did a few of the games, like the, the one where you take the elevator up like 30 floors and then you step out on a two by four to grab a piece of cake, uh, 30 floors <laughs> up. And, and I did that with, as a team outing and there were people that just couldn't do it, you know? <laughs> so it's really interesting to kind of play the mind games between what's real and what's not real. But when you're in VR, it's real and, and, and you feel it. Yeah. It's, it's amazing how quickly your brain just accepts like, all right, this is what's going on. This must be reality. E- now. Especially yeah. when you're brand new to it. Heights are the most intense. You'll feel your palms start to sweat. You'll feel your heart start to go. You're like, oh my God, I can't believe it. It feels like this, you know? Um, Absolutely. So with the February expected, uh, you know, ambitious launch date, is this something that you work on by yourself? Is it a team of, you know, five, 20, you know, 30 people? How many people are working on this? Is it just you? Well, I have a small but mighty band of about eight people. Um, but everybody's kind of doing it. I, I, I'm full time. I And I'm like doing 11 hour days. I just because when I'm in it, I'm just going. And uh, but I have a uh, two developers and uh, very talented developers, Matt and Zach. And uh, I have people helping with me with social and with marketing and with PR. Um, and I've been a lifelong creative director. Uh, so I uh, resigned from being a creative director last April and devoted myself to making this VR project and to art. Uh, so essentially betting on myself as a creator, uh, and it's been going quite well. I've been getting commissions and also like, you know, being able to get my VR out, but this is such a big task. I mean, like I don't understand unity at all. So without my developers, that, that team, there's no way I'd be able to like transfer this from just a giant tilt brush file into a, a real, um, uh, experience. Um, and then the other thing that I've been, you know, focused on is music and how do I bring the music, uh, to life that, uh, can accentuate the experience. And so I've been talking with different art uh, musicians. And so that would be like a, a ninth person on the team when, when <laughs> I, I get the right artist there. So did I, did I understand correctly that this whole vision was based on an experience of yours or was I incorrect when I heard that? The, the new art space, it, it basically, did you know Meow Wolf? Meow, Meow Wolf is an interactive uh, uh, art experience that's in Santa Fe. And essentially they took over a bowling alley and uh, like a hundred artists created like this amazing kind of space. And, and then I thought, you know, as an artist, how could I actually monetize my art? Because people always like to look at art and say it's beautiful, but a lot of times they don't buy it, you know? Uh, and, and so then I, 
then I started thinking, well, you know, maybe it's like selling the experience like at a ticket price. And so then, then I came up with like, well, what if I was to create like my most amazing art experience? And so that's where I, I started creating um, this whole neo art space idea. And it was in a PowerPoint for about a year before I started doing it in VR. Hmm. I, I hate hearing that everyone likes to admire the artwork, but nobody wants to open the book yeah, for the that, artwork. That's how it is for everything, you know? People have free samples, but people don't like to actually buy. <laughs> yeah. That's unfortunate. No, I, you always hear it, though. Yeah. I mean, starving artist, it's a term. We all have said it, you know, you starving artist. Yeah, well, the, I think the reality is most people don't get into it for the business side. So it's like by the you time... You gotta eat, that, though. Yep. By the time your your skill reaches the point that you're competent enough to, you know, you, you don't have the business experience, and that's unfortunate. So then just so we can do this justice, if people do actually want to, you still are, I mean, your studio has got some beautiful artwork in it, but if people want to buy your physical paintings, they're still available to buy, correct? Oh, certainly. Or, okay. Uh, and, and I do commissions. Uh, and so, you know, I have uh, like a commission that was uh, a, a patron patron for um, the Hopkins art center bought a, 20 foot tall uh, uh, mobile that's using dichroic film and dichroic film is like this really amazing material that allows uh, the, when it's touched by light, it changes color and then it refracts color around the space. So that, that piece has like eight different uh, uh, diamonds that are like kind of cascade up. And, and so it really activates that entire space. It's a two story tall uh, installation. So I, I tend to uh, also do other smaller installations. I did one above a staircase recently that had six different diamonds, um, and they were different rainbow colors. Uh, and so I, I, I really like doing location-based public art or, or private art and, and, and being able to, like, make a space come to life. Yeah, you're... But in, but back to like the neo art space, I have, have to admit that like as an artist, I've done a lot of RFPs or requests for proposals where I come up with concepts that I, I think are amazing. And oftentimes I don't win the commissions, but when I was able to go into my neo art space, I was able to build them all. And, and, <laughs> and I, I, I was the judge and jury on whether or not I should do it. And, and I just was able to do it. And, and so that's the other thing about, um, you know, kind of being an artist and a radical entrepreneur with this is that, um, again, I don't have to you know, like submit a 20 page uh, white paper to somebody to see if they, I, I win the commission. I just make it. <laughs> just again, that ability to though, see it in the head and be able to, you like know. it's nothing, you know, <laughs> I just, my brain, it appreciates, but can't conceive it because I can't do it. You know, as we keep talking about how, how cool your studio looks, have you ever thought of maybe like uh, making your studio a, a VR environment that somebody could go visit on their headset? Oh, it is. It is. Um, I, I have uh, a Quest 1, a Quest 2, a Vive. I have two PCs. <laughs> A Mac. I mean, this is uh, fully functioning as a, a VR space, and I've had a lot of people come visit to, uh, you know, way back as my experience as a creative director, user experience uh, is a huge aspect of everything, like for web design. 
Um, and so I have people go through my VR experiences. So I make sure that they're highly usable. And, you know, like initially, for instance, with my first experience, people would go into a wall and they'd get stuck, you know, <laughs> or they go out in the middle of utter space without a body and they kind of freaked out. And so um, wayfinding in, in VR, you know, means having paths and, and guidelines and, and really making it so people can get through there without uh having these existential experiences of floating in space and not knowing where how to get back. The, the learning curve glitches that we've heard many of those from different developers, the mistakes in the, that you got to constantly kind of tweak and fix as they pop up. Cause you never know what's actually going to pop up. Yeah. And VR is different than other games that if a glitch happens in other games, it's whatever. Sometimes you get really nauseous or whatever. People get freaked out or something by some of the glitches in VR, you know, it's a little bit more, uh, uh, heart-inducing than than regular flat top yet or you know flat screen gaming. Yeah, so I, I created I, this glitch that's a, like a, a, a chroma color that was just like a wild white, red, orange, yellow, green uh, thing that was just like vibrating, and I made it thirty feet long. And one of my my developers, Matt, said, "Hey, you know what? You could like." give somebody a heart attack in there. So, <laughs> and, and, you know, like, yes, you know, strobe lights can be bad. So like for accessibility, I actually moved them out into space so that they're still there. But, uh, and if you want to, you can put a head, your head into it, but it's your choice. And I, I'm not forcing people through a 30 foot long, you know, chrome color, you know, hyper colors space. Um, but accessibility and, and, you know, making sure that it's, it's safe is, is an also, a, another consideration to have. Yeah. VR is a whole different, different animal than just looking at a screen just because of how, how immersive yeah, this is intense. People move, they jump, fidget, whatever. It, even in that plank game that you were talking about, I've seen some crazy videos where people, people like crying. Yeah. Or people jumping through like their, their TV and stuff like that. Like they go to make the leap. Oh, and jump forward. Yeah. Yep. And, or face plant and stuff like that. It, it, again, it's amazing how quickly your brain. Uh, That's just the brain again taking over. It just accepts. The... It's just like, this is real well, life the, now. One of the fun things is like, you, you can see my studio and it's like a rainbow of colors and people, you know, come in and they're like, I mean, I've had people cry because it's like so amazing. I've had people just like, you know, are just, you know, completely blown away. But then I put them in VR and they go through Neo Art Space. And they take off the VR and they're like, well, I'm just in the studio. What? <laughs> this is pretty boring. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it's, it's fascinating as an artist that, that you can create an, a real life immersive experience. But then when they go into like new art space and then they come back, they're like, well, this is just earth, you know? <laughs> yeah, this is, this is whatever, you know? <laughs> I, I swear it's because everyone wants to be, they want to go into that, you know, that as, as deep real into as VR, yeah. Uh, I always love whenever I have somebody try my quest for the first time, and they take it off. Like that, that first look in their eyes when they take it off, their eyes are like bugging out. It's like uh, a quick second of an in- inability to, to differentiate. Like it's almost like the real life is a little lackluster when they take it off. They're like, "What the hell?" You know? Yeah. Right. That's our that's our great escape. <laughs> as deep as we can go. So, do you still do? Um, so I'm curious if you're going to integrate both of them. Do you do like galleries and stuff like show your artwork at galleries or. 
Yes. Well, you know, so I, I built the Rainbow Pyramid in Sedona for this TV show that uh, Demi Lovato is in. Uh, and so that was in a vortex in Sedona. Uh, and and so that's on Peacock right now. Uh, I have an art show coming up in February in um, New York City. Uh, and then I have done two different concepts, one for the St. Paul a public library, and then another one for an e-gaming place. So I'm constantly making concepts and art, um, but my primary focus right now is uh, the, the VR. Um, but but then it's like because I'm a multimedia artist, like uh, like when I do the show in New York, I want to have my light art as well as have VR and and uh, and be able to have like both the the real light work and then the VR uh, and, and be able to kind of make it a, all, a show all about all the different ways that you can uh, experience art. Yeah, I was hoping to hear that. That's a, that's exactly what I was hoping to hear, that the the physical artwork would come and you'd also get to then see the, the, the universe. I'll just say that. I'll say it like that. The universe, the psychedelic universe. Trippy universe. No, it's just amazing the way people think. Again, I'm always drawn to the to the creative mind. I don't even know if I can think as vivid and as um, yeah. I don't think my brain can do it. It's pretty blown away. So I, I like to ask people, regardless of what they do, because we all get free time. It doesn't sound like you're getting a lot of free time. <laughs> but what do you actually do in those little bits of free time? What is what does a guy like you do? What do you? I mean. Um, I'd say a hobby, but I'm I'm guessing no hobbies. Uh, well, actually, I'm a gardener, uh, and I've had like the most amazing, you know, tomatoes and zucchini and squash. Uh, it's been a very prolific year, so I, I like to be grounded and and, and I, I planted 400 tulips and <laughs> daffodils and crocuses last uh, spring. But uh, the squirrels decided that it was a buffet counter, so they decided to eat all of them. Um, so I only had a few crocuses come up, but I also like to go biking and kayaking and canoeing and sailing. So, uh, I tend to be an adventure sport person, but my, my biggest thing is I love to travel. You know, I, I, I was able to see like the Dale Shalhouli show, uh, at the Boston museum after I ran the Boston marathon, uh, a few years ago. Um, and I love going to New York and going to galleries there. Uh, I find that every time I see art. Um, it, it, it expands my mind. I went to Denmark, for instance. Uh, my daughter lives there. And I went to the Louisiana uh, Museum, and I saw Pipilati Roost show, which was a multi-room immersive art experience, and a um, Yayoi Kasumi, Kasumi uh, in, in Infinity Room, which is like a, a room of mirrors with lots of lights that like two or three people can go into at a time. So I, I find like... You know, be, be, between you know, getting out and enjoying nature, and then getting out and traveling and, and seeing what's happening in the museums, that those are my my those are my jam. <laughs> gotcha. Either nature and art; those are that's a good mix. There, they kind of inspire each other. Too, you, know, you know, both are both are very um, meditative. They're, yeah, very relaxing. That's so, pr- so you, you travel a lot. I know you mentioned you lived in Japan a Japan, little bit. Japan, that one intrigues me. You're in Minnesota right now. Were you born in Minnesota, is, or is this just where you're currently yeah. settling? 
I, I've been in a Minnesotan my entire life, except for the three years I lived in Japan. And, um, and so I, I, I lived near Kyoto, which is a beautiful place. I was a high school teacher uh, in Toyama. Um, and I also um, lived in Tokyo for a year. So, and, and, you know, living in Japan, like it really taught me about uh, art and experience, like the tea ceremony and, you know, ceramics, which, you know, it's a thing that you touch and, and wabi-sabi, which is kind of like the natural grain and, and beauty in art. Um, but, it's, you know, it, Japan is like this fascinating place where, you know, both it has this long tradition and it also has this amazing technology that is, you know, cutting edge in, in many ways. Uh, one of the things I, I, on my bucket list is to go see Team Lab, uh, which has built a place called Borderless, which is an immersive art experience using about 400 projectors. Um, and you, you walk through and it's all interactive. Uh, and so, you know, that's something that uh, they, they brought to the Pace Gallery in New York City, but um, you know, it's just fascinating that they, um, you know, have been able to get the wherewithal to build these amazing, you know, real life immersive experiences there. So one of my goals is actually to go back to Japan next fall, uh, and spend some time there. I've, I've heard it's an amazing country to visit. Absolutely amazing. Beautiful. I heard the tradition is a lot of people take back some of the traditions that they've learned. I mean, I, you were there three years, so you probably... You probably get it's it. kind of crazy. Like you hop on a bullet train and you're going, you know, 120 miles an hour and then you land in Kyoto and then you go to a, a, a moss, uh, mossy garden, Zen garden that's been there for 700 years and you're there with the birds. <laughs> so yeah. you, you kind of travel through time when you're there. It's, it's fascinating. Yeah. It seems like that they balance the technology with nature very well. Uh, here, it seems like it's either all or all, all or the other. All in. Yeah, yeah, it's either, you know, places are very rural or very, you know, yeah, very city-like and everything like that. Whereas uh, Japan, it seems like everybody balances it a lot better. Somebody who hasn't who hasn't been there. No, I've just seen the videos and people who I know who have gone and I haven't had anybody ever even imply that it wasn't worth going. Matter of fact, I have a couple of people who said it's, it's a must-to go-to place. You have to see it to believe it. Like, oh. I mean, I, there, there are different areas of Japan, certainly. I mean, it's a fascinating country. I said that word now a few times, but, um, you know, it's the size of California, but has half the population of America. Uh, and when you're in Tokyo, it's like Blade Runner. It's like, you know, like the just concrete and big LED uh, signs and, and the press of people is like you, you can be on a train and have 25 people within five feet of you. Or you can be like up in the mountains and, you know, see mushroom farmers that have, are wearing clothes from like two centuries ago. So I mean, it, it does have all that. It's, and so you can kind of find your own experience when you go there. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely down for a trip to Japan. So, yeah. so that's, that's one of my bucket list places, that in Australia. Yeah, Australia seems like another good one. Yeah. Good culture people. But hey, hope, hope you can make it out to Japan next year. Hope, you know, pandemic you know, continue freeze to, up. Everyone's yeah, doing, and you're, yeah. you're able to make it out there. You know, hopefully you're not gone for three years again, just so we can continue to see these, these projects happen domestically and everything like that. But find the immersion. Well, 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 the, the, the cool thing is that, you know, with Wi-Fi you can do uh, work anywhere. 
you don't need to be um, in uh, an office anymore, you know? So no uh, virtual work environments. I mean, they're becoming more real. And actually much more productive. I, I, I feel that, you know, I can be super productive and not waste time in a car going to a place to work. It's been, you know, very nice just to uh, be a work at home person. <laughs> yeah. I, I think the, the liberating word comes into play again. Things can be, you know, very liberating. Sorry. We had a little, little, we have a podcast pooch that likes to make an appearance. now. And <laughs> yeah. No, he thought somebody was coming home. Nobody was coming home. <laughs> so this event, you're going to be in New York city in February yep. and you're going to have an, uh, an event for this specifically. Yep. Okay. You know, it'll be like a two, two, um, week show. Uh, and, and, uh, yeah, but you know, right now I have a discord, uh, community, uh, actually it's a very small community, uh, but, uh, people can go to my discord site uh, for Neo art space and, you know, they can ask me questions or, you know, be, uh, observing the, uh, development of this. Uh, and if they have questions as somebody who wants to be a future game developer or artist, uh, you know, happy to chat with people online. Um, and then, you know, re really the focus is, uh, uh, the, the steam site right now. Uh, and, and right now th this week, there's the steam fest. And so people can go out to, uh, steam and, and, uh, do a demo and it can be either on uh, their computer, uh, or they can use a headset. Uh, it's a PC headset. So uh, that way people can, can see it. Otherwise, you know, like I'm, I'm on all the social uh, areas as new art space. Uh, and, and it's been fascinating. Like uh, I'm figuring out Imager, for instance, which is a, a new social platform for me. And, and it's, it's fascinating. TikTok, you know, there's <laughs> all these different ways that you can, you know, get your art out and, and all these different audiences. And it, it's just, it, it's almost like crazy how much, uh, you can go out and, and do social. And that's why I have help doing social. Because it's, and I have to see what works actually. Like, I don't know, you know, like if, if uh, Facebook is actually a good mechanism to communicate to people or, or not. So uh, it's kind of a test and learn as you go type thing. Yeah, I, I agree. There's certain platforms that are going to benefit like Facebook. Someone might, be more interested in you as the artist than the art where another platform, it might be more about the art, not the person behind it. So yeah, it's that weird balance and and then the algorithms that we had heard about before they're for real algorithms don't play. So sometimes you gotta learn to go with the flow because if you don't, you're never going to get the, the notoriety or get the bump you need from the algorithm. A neat social media platform has its own, own algorithm, own things it looks for. It's 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 definitely a lot to handle by like yourself. Like reviews. Yeah. I mean, reviews are important when things drop into the stores and such. We've, we've learned that firsthand. Yeah, for game reviews, absolutely. Yep. So um, we would encourage people when, you know, there's an ability to review, leave your review because it's, you know, it, it helps for sure. And uh, is all of this information as well available on your website? Uh, I saw you have a Philip Lloyd website, you know, it's I have that with her. Uh, yeah, it's Philip Noyed. That's P H I L I P N O Y E D dot com. And also I have Neo Art Space. That's Neo like 
neoartspace.com. And, and the Neo Art Space is like just is focused specifically on the Neo Art. Uh, my, my personal website is all about everything else I do. <laughs> understandably, understandably. So I'll definitely have to check out your Discord and, and check out that. Yeah, I'd, 100%. I'm, I'm, I can't wait to see the final project drop just based off of what I can ar- already saw, uh, in the demo. Um, I know it's, it's pretty early to talk about this with it only coming out, you know, hopefully in a couple in, in February. Have you guys ironed out like a cost point of what it's going to be? Or is that something you're going to s- cross that bridge when, when it's a little bit more, more finished? I'm still thinking through that. It's it's a very interesting dilemma, you know, uh, just because, you know, there, there's premium pricing because it's a premium product and then there's, you know, uh, you know, different price points. And so I haven't made my, my, made my final determination. Um, and Steam is just a very weird platform because they have discounts and they have sales and all this stuff. So um, pricing is a really good question. And, um uh, so, and, and there's a magic to it. You know, I, I, I want, want it to be profitable. And so I want it to be accessible, but, um, I also want to, you know, have, uh, enough money that I cover all my costs. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a fine balance of, uh, we of ask like, every, we've asked every developer about that process. Of same ter- question. Determining that price. I'm at, it's so hard to, to look at your own work and be like, put a value. Yeah. Low ball value too, mind you. Especially yeah, you, if you're you're not selling pieces for nineteen ninety nine, yeah. So it's like it, I I can only imagine the dilemma that goes on internally of like shit. What do I post this as? So we're, exactly as you said, you want to make money. Everybody has to eat. You know, people can can act like that side is you know isn't real, isn't real. But the reality is, every you know, you have bills and everything, so you need to make money. And then there's a the balance of well, you know, the artist and you wants as many people to see it as possible. So it's a it's a fine struggle, and again, to look at your own work and say, well, it does it deserves that. I can I can imagine is is impossible almost, you know, without feedback from others and things like that. I wouldn't be able to self value my own artwork if no. I was an artist. I already know because I would I would be offended at whatever number was thrown my way. But that's just me, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, there's, there's so many different ways to take a look at it, um, you know. Uh, I find this economy to be very interesting because people have, you know, become journalists on Substack. People have podcasts now. People, um, you know, have Patreons um, and people do Kickstarters. And so there are ways that people can, you know, kind of be an independent. Right now I'm self-funding and uh, and that's, the model, I like having a Kickstarter community or a Patreon community seems like a lot of work to me and I'm already really busy. So I'm just going as at this, at this point as a, like have a good price point uh, and, and hopefully I, I get enough exposure and, and people want to play it enough that uh, I, I make my money back. <laughs> so I'm betting on myself. <laughs> <laughs> Which can even be scarier sometimes than other people throwing the, well, no, I, I can't wait for the finished product because I want to well, experience the, it all. Oh, I, I can't wait. Maybe maybe we can do a podcast inside of it together sometime. Oh, I was going to uh, say definitely when it when it drops, we'll definitely have to have you back on to talk about that. It would be awesome to do project. it inside the actual the actual universe. Yeah, I'm I, I'm excited to hear that there's a social aspect because that was the first thing we said. Like, yep. shit, we want to go in here and 
together, you know, do a do walk an around. So that would be perfect. It would be super super fun. I would love to do that. And, but I'd also uh, like to just get your reactions. You know? <laughs> yeah, right. And uh, so definitely forever in Minnesota too. We'll have to check out the actual actual physical. I was studio. actually looking at my kid when I heard February twenty second. I'm like, is this a part? This isn't going to be a private event yeah. if it's a two week showing. So. Yeah, we're not far personally from from no, New York City like or anything. An hour and a half, I think. Uh, so I this is kind of a dumb question. I sometimes like to ask our our interview guests. You know, I'm a big foodie. I don't know about yourself. Uh, in Minnesota, you know, is there any food spots that you would re- recommend where where you're at? Uh, Taste of India is really good in St. Louis Park. Um, Wakame, the Japanese restaurant, is really good. Uh, yeah, those are the two that come to mind. Uh, I, I like uh, variety in food. Um, so those are my two. Yeah, it's hard to go wrong with Asian cuisine in general. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you know what I wonder from living in Japan and having, a, I mean, I don't care what you get in Japan. It's more authentic than anything in America. Has that made you more critical of Japanese restaurants in America? Because you've, you've actually been to Japan, lived there. I'm, I'm assuming eating a gambit of the food being offered and then you come back to the States and you're like, yeah, it's not really Japanese food. Uh, there's some pretty good uh, Japanese restaurants here. I, I think that it actually changed my view on food. Uh, the Japanese diet is more fish and vegetable focus than like what the standard American diet is. And so I continue to this day to be like a pescatarian, which means I eat fish and veggies, and that's pretty much my diet. Um, and, you know, Japanese drink a lot of green tea, and so you can find great green tea here, and I, I like green tea too. And so um, I, I tend to, and Japanese live to be, a lot of them live to be 100 years old you know, because the diet is, is very healthy. So I think it's had a bigger impact on, on my view towards food than it has on my, I, I can still find good Japanese restaurants. Yeah, it hasn't, it hasn't soiled the Japanese cuisine in America to you then. That's <laughs> no, good, no, though. it has not. <laughs> That's really good. Perfect. So, so Philip, I can't wait to check out this, uh, this experience when it drops, we'll, we'll definitely keep an eye out in February for the, have to, yeah. the, the New York event too. And, you know, hopefully when this hits the stores, you know, I, I hope we can have you back on and maybe do a podcast inside the actual experience itself. Yeah. That would be amazing. That, made that would be amazing. I really appreciate uh, being on your podcast. Uh, I, I, I feel very humbled and honored that you invited me. So thank you so much. Yeah, no, we're, okay. we're, we're the grateful ones on our end. I mean, I know we watched that video. I think it was a PBS video, to be honest. I, PBS, maybe NBC. It was some... some. And I was like, wow, this is ones. probably one of the most legit artists we'll ever speak to. Yeah. And like <laughs> I said, seeing you on the swing, I was sold. I was like, all right, free spirit guy. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. It doesn't Just, seem like he's going to be pretentious, anything like that. Nope. It seems real laid back. I was nope. like, this is my type of my type. Of I would interview. encourage people also listening to to check out the actual... I mean, I know this project's being worked on and it's huge, but check out his actual you know, personal website. Yeah. When you go to the, you have a lot of your, your artwork listed on there. Check it out. It, and if it, you Google his name, yes, you will definitely see the the piece that's in the airport <laughs> that shows up as well. No, I'm, I'm just amazed. I like the works. I do. I, I do want to see these works in person sometime in my life though. So we'll definitely so we'll, have to, we'll make have to catch where there. they're, we'll catch it somewhere. It might come to Boston someday, right? You never know. I, I would love to show in Boston. That would be fantastic. Boston's got a pretty big art community, or Northampton, Mass. Yeah, there would definitely be something there. Anyways, I digress. But no, so we're we're really grateful on this end because we know the uh, 
one of the things of asking what do you do on your time off is knowing that it's probably limited and everyone got to hear that in that limited time there is a chock full of things that you could actually do on your time off so to spend an hour with us is we're, huge. Yeah, we're, we're definitely grateful. grateful well i love talking about art and talking about vr so this has been really fun for me so thank you perfect so we'll let you uh enjoy the rest of your day before it's nighttime and there's no more nature activities or anything like that and <laughs> hopefully we'll chat with you again soon philip Thank you. Sounds good. Be well. Talk to you later.